You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, my friends. How are you this morning? Good, doing well? That's good. So as we come around the Word this morning, I'm so honoured and privileged to be able to share around the Word of God with this morning. And I truly believe that God has a Word to speak to each of us today. See, God is in the business of meeting people, showing who He is to them, loving them and encountering them. And so as we, as we start this morning, would you join me in prayer? Lord God, I just thank You that, that You love us so much and that You pursue us and Your heart is for us. And Holy Spirit, I just declare that you will speak to people's hearts. You will speak to people personally as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So one day I will stop with the sports stories, but that day is not today, guys. (laughs) When I was in high school, I was fairly active in sports. And the main sports I did were athletics and netball. One year, the school basketball team was a little bit short in players. So the teacher who looked after the basketball team came and said to me, hey, would you come and play basketball? Um, I was a little bit hesitant because I'd never played basketball and I always had this picture in my mind that relative to netball, it was super aggressive and, you know, big contact sport. Little did I know coming here and playing netball that netball is just as contact sport as basketball is. But I said yes. I was like, okay, cool. I'll give it a crack and see how basketball goes. See, little did I know that saying yes to that high school teacher about basketball would change the trajectory of playing sport for me. I love basketball. It was so different to netball, it was such a different pace and I enjoyed playing it so much. Through this inter-school competition, I ended up getting selected to play competitive basketball and from that I trained under an amazing coach, I made some great friends, I learned so much, I grew so much as a person because when you play team sports, there's a lot of responsibility, accountability and things that you learn from that. See, saying yes to the school basketball teacher about playing sports started this journey of me playing a sport that I love so much, that I still love today and still play today. Have you ever experienced an encounter like that? Have you ever experienced something that you were heading one way and it changed the way you were going? Maybe it's a new job. Maybe it's a new relationship. Maybe it was a change in a relationship. Maybe it was a new area of study. Maybe it was a change in circumstance of your life. See, that encounter where the basketball teacher asked me to play basketball was significant. It changed the sport I was playing. But can I tell you this morning, my friends, that there is a much more significant encounter that I've had in my life. An encounter that was truly transformational. A life-changing encounter. An encounter with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus that changed the trajectory of my life. It was a moment I encountered Him in a personal in a powerful way, a moment that brought such assurance, such confidence, and such identity in him. See, this moment happened not the day I was saved, although that was a powerful moment, because my story starts with me growing up in church. I went to church. I grew up in quite a traditional church, so, you know, we went to church, we said all the prayers, and we did all the right things, but I didn't really understand what it was to know Jesus. You know, I said the salvation prayer. I said, ask Jesus to be Lord of my life. But I didn't really understand what it was to walk closely with him. And I went to church with my family because that's what we did. But I didn't really understand who God was to me. And, you know, growing up, being active and athletic, particularly in Malaysia, 
it wasn't it wasn't the most exciting thing. So I was always quite active and a bit tomboyish. And, and in my mind, I was always like one of the boys. But as a teenager, I was always like, oh, I don't think the boys are actually that interested in me. Like, you know, they never asked me out. All oh, these girls are getting asked out and I'm not. And so, you know, on the surface, that was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm one of the boys. But really deep down, there was a lot of hurt that was tied into that. There was a lot of thoughts of, of doubt or, uh, about my self-worth and my identity. I'm like, am I really worth pursuing? Is there anything worth, worth in me, worthful or of any worth in me that is worth pursuing? And I really battled with that and struggled with that. And, you know, on the surface, I was doing well in sport. I was all these things. But deep down, I was actually like, am I not worth pursuing? Is there nothing worth pursuing in me? You know, but, but the great news is, is that God brought such transformation to that lie that God encountered me through a life-changing encounter and completely blew that thought out of the water. See, I still remember the moment that encounter occurred. And bearing in mind, this happened after I was saved. So it's not the moment of salvation. I was walking along the beach and, and those thoughts are running to my mind. Am I really worth pursuing? I'd experienced disappointment in a relationship and I was like, those thoughts started creeping back. Am I not worth pursuing? Is there nothing worth pursuing in me? And you know, the voice of God spoke to me so clearly. It wasn't an audible voice, but it was that impression, that thought within my heart that I have endlessly pursued you. I have endlessly pursued you. And it was followed by this wave of love that came crashing over me, like literally like a wave. And I just started crying because I knew how much love, I experienced the power of his love and I knew how much he'd love me and how much he pursued me. See, I remember the moment like it was yesterday. Like it still gives me a bit of the goosebumps and that feeling like I get a, want to get a little bit emotional about it because that is the, the power of an encounter with Jesus. That is the power of God encountering you. And that encounter started me on a different journey, a journey of learning to walk closely with God, a journey of understanding who I was, but also a journey of, of working through those thoughts of self-doubt, of, self, of lack of self-worth. See, it's not like it overnight the next day I was like, yes, yeah, sweet, I'm all good now, all sorted. It was a journey of working through those things. But the thing is that God steeled in my mind the fruit of his word, that who I am in him, that he endlessly pursued me, so that when those lies creep off of, am I really worth pursuing, I can bring it back to truth. My viewpoint changed, my position changed because of that powerful encounter with Jesus. So if you're taking notes this morning, my friends, the title of my message is, the ways of Jesus, life-changing encounters. See, my friend, my story is not unique. Jesus has an excellent track record of encountering people and bringing transformation to lives. When he lived on the earth, he met Zacchaeus. He invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. We heard in communion about the blind man at Bethsaida. He encountered him. He brought transformation to his life. See, Zacchaeus went from being a tax collector who was cheating people through after an encounter with Jesus, he wanted to give half of his money away and pay back people he owed four times what he owed them. The blind man at Bethsaida wanted people to help him or needed people to help him with everything because he couldn't see. But after an encounter with Jesus, he could see everything clearly, it says in the Bible. Even after leaving the earth, Jesus still encountered people. Paul was on the road to Damascus and he had a vision of Jesus that was life-changing for him. He went from someone who was persecuting and attacking Christians to someone who was encouraging them, who was building them up and who was sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So my friend, the great news is today, Jesus still encounters people today. Jesus wants to encounter you and I today. He wants to meet you. So what's an encounter? 
The dictionary defines it as a meeting or an experience with someone, which is often unexpected. My friends, you too can have an experience with Jesus, an encounter with Jesus, whether it's for the first time or whether it's a new encounter for something different, something to bring greater transformation to your life. See, like I shared, the encounter I had wasn't at at the moment of salvation that was powerful. It was after that. But the moment that you encounter Jesus' moment of salvation is an amazing, powerful moment that I would love to give you an invitation to later at the end of this service. So whether you're here for the first time, hearing about Jesus for the first time, maybe you've heard about him before. Maybe you've been a Christian for a short time or a long time. My friends, Jesus can have a life-changing encounter with you. So this morning, I would love to share with you a story from the Bible about a woman who encountered Jesus, about a woman who met with Jesus and it brought such transformation to her life. So would you read with me from John chapter 4? We're starting in verse 5. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field, the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for a Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Friends, if you're taking notes, first point is Jesus' heart lovingly pursues all people. I'll say that again. Jesus' heart lovingly pursues all people. See, the woman was surprised. She's like, hang on. Why is, why is Jesus talking to me? Jews don't associate with Samaritans. This was mainly because the Jewish people in that time thought the Samaritans had false practices or false religious beliefs. Friends, her culture, her belief system didn't, didn't deter Jesus. Jesus sought her out. In some of the other encounters Jesus had, like Zacchaeus, for example, They were looking for Jesus. The Samaritan woman wasn't looking for Jesus. She just came to draw water. But Jesus sought her out. Jesus seeks her out. It's interesting she was drawing water at noon, the hottest time of day. In that time, people often, or women often drew water at dawn or dusk because it was a little bit cooler. So the fact that she was drawing it time when people weren't drawing water potentially suggested that she was avoiding meeting people. There's some, there's some um, commentaries that say she was rejected or an outcast because some of her lifestyle choices. But friends, her past, her lifestyle choices, who she was, the life she was living, it didn't deter Jesus. Jesus seeks her out. So what does this mean for you and I today, friends? Well, Jesus will seek you out. He lovingly pursues you. His heart is for you. Your past your present, your lifestyle choices, your current belief system or lack thereof, they don't deter Jesus. They don't push him away. He lovingly pursues you. His heart is for you. His heart of love, his heart of grace is for you. He draws you with his loving kindness. In Jeremiah 31.3, it says, the Lord has appeared to it in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. My friends, he loves you so much. 
He wants you to know his everlasting love. He draws you with his unfailing kindness. Just like he met me, just like he pursued me, he pursues you. Jesus lovingly pursues you. Jesus' heart pursues all people. It's for you. So let's keep looking at this story and see what else this life-changing encounter brings. In John 4 verse 10, it says, Jesus replied to the lady when she asked about why you're asking me for water. If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Jesus continues, if we skip forward a couple of verses to verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, so the woman said, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Friends, Jesus offers the woman something more. See, he offers living water. She doesn't really quite understand what he's saying, but that offer of living water appeals to her that she says, please give me this living water that I'll never be thirsty again. So what does this mean for you and I today? You know, sometimes our lives are going pretty all right and we feel like, oh yeah, you know, things are going all right. So we may not always think we need God. We may not always think that he's relevant in our lives. But when he encounters you, when Jesus comes and encounters you, he offers something more. Just like he offered the Samaritan woman something more, he offers something more. He offers his peace, his provision, his rest, his strength, his protection. Something that you may be looking for or maybe something you're not looking for and don't even know your need. But Jesus offers something more. And the great thing is that when he offers it, it's not to dangle a carrot in front of you and say, I've got this offer for you. But when he offers it, he follows through with what he has promised. He is a God who keeps his word and will follow through with what he has promised. See, Jesus offered me something more in my life. When I finished uni and started working, it started off really great. And you know, I was like, I'm going to have a great career, going to be a pharmacist, how good. But, you know, after a little while, I kind of started to think, is this really going to be the rest of my life? I was working long hours and waiting for weekends or holidays when I thought, oh, here's where I'm going to enjoy my life. Now, none of the things I would, was doing was necessarily bad things. I was alive, but I wasn't actually living the full abundant life God had called me to do. I was part of church. I was attending church here, but it was more like to tick that box of, I'm a Christian, tick, I've attended church every week. You know, it ended up being that work got really stressful and I was burnt out. I was at the point I was like, I don't know if I can keep working like this for the rest of my life. And so I ended up resigning from pharmacy and I took a year off and did voluntary mission work for a year. And this is where Jesus met me. This is where he encountered me with something more. He showed me this life of purpose and meaning. He showed me how much joy doing mission work brought, brought me. He brought such purpose and meaning to what I was doing. And so when I came back here to Geelong a year later, I started working in pharmacy again. Then I also started doing other things, started volunteering here at the church, and I started pursuing other interests. And, you know, that was a life-changing encounter for me that I still outlive today. Yes, I still work in pharmacy. Yes, I still work here at the church. And I also pursue other interests, you know, working and training people at a gym. But I'm living an abundant life today. 
I'm living an abundant life today. And that encounter with Jesus where I left the, the road, I was walking on the road of pursuing pharmacy as a career and looking at that for the rest of my life to a road of such freedom, a road of such joy, such purpose. See, God's offer of more brought me that abundant life and my saying yes to him. My friends, Jesus' offer of something more is not unique to the Samaritan woman. It's not unique to me either. He has something more for you. So what is your more? What is it you're looking for? What is the more you need? Is it to know your purpose? Is it to know what the meaning of life is? Is it to know him? Is the more you need peace for your mind when you struggle with anxiety and fear? Is the more you need provision? Is the more you need restoration of relationship? Could it be to know his strength? My friend, Jesus promises to be with you every day. Like I said, he doesn't just dangle that promise of more and leave you hanging with it. He follows through on his promises. We see in Hebrews 13 verse 5, he says, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor will I give you up, nor will I leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. He won't leave you. He promises his peace in John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with the gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. He promises his provision in Philippians 4.19. Paul says, my God will use his glorious riches to give you everything you need. He will do this through Christ Jesus. We heard in the giving that God is generous. He will provide all you need. So my friend, what is your more? What is the more that you need? Would you come to Jesus? He has your more. He can bring transformation to your life. Let's continue reading about this life-changing encounter. He lovingly pursues the woman. He lovingly pursues us. He offers her more. Going back to verse 10 to 12, Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, the woman replied to Jesus, You don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus' words triggers questions within the Samaritan woman. My friends, point number three, you can come to Jesus with your questions. You know, from what she's saying here, it sounds like she's thinking, what is this guy on about, about this living water? You know, whatever her thoughts are, she expresses them in the questions. I don't get it, sir. Very practical. You don't have anything to draw this water with. What does that mean? Like, how can you give me this living water? Or the other question she asks is, do you really have something better to offer me than what I've already got here? Do you really have something better to offer me than what I've got here? The Samaritan had real questions. You and I might have real questions. Can I encourage you? You can come to Jesus with your questions. And, you know, I really felt that that question was something that some people here asked this morning. 
Is what you're offering me really better than what I already have? You know, my life is going pretty all right. Is there something really better that you have to offer me? And my friend, my encouragement for you is there is. He has something better than what you already have to offer. And I declare that over your life that you will see that better that he has for you. You will see the more that he has for you. But you can come to him with your questions. He's not put off by your questions. You can come to him with your skepticism, with your uncertainties, with your doubts. He can handle it. And he will meet your doubts with truth. I've encountered that myself. I've had questions. I've still got questions today. Like I don't have all the answers. There's so many things I want to ask God. You know, for the longest time I wrestled with this question, like, are you really good and faithful, God? I grew up in church, so, you know, we sing about God's goodness. We sing about his faithfulness. But then there was always this little niggle thought in me, like, I don't always see it, God. Like, I don't always see it. I don't always feel it. And sometimes I read the Bible and I'm like, I see these things and I'm like, are you really good and faithful? And I came to God with that question. And this is the amazing thing about, the, about God, because we can come to him with our questions and he meets us with truth. See, over time, God showed me his faithfulness and his goodness. I experienced it personally. But he also gave me a new lens when I read his word that where those areas that I probably doubted his goodness, he showed me his goodness through his word. As I read the Bible, it came alive because no longer was I just seeing words on a page. I was seeing his truth and his goodness. Now I'm convinced beyond reasonable doubt of his goodness and his faithfulness. I'm, I'm not going to be moved on that. Not all my questions are answered but I've learned enough that I can trust him, that I can trust that what he says is truth and I can walk in that. And it's a journey that we can all go on. So have you got a question on your mind? What questions or uncertainties about God might you have? Can I encourage you? Come to Jesus. He will take you on a journey and help you, get, help you understand those questions. He will reveal truth. If you have been asking and haven't heard anything yet, keep asking. He will speak to you and reveal truth. Or if you haven't asked, maybe today's the day you start asking those questions. You've had them on your mind. Come to him. Ask him those questions. Just a prayer of speaking to him. God, I've got these questions. Speak to me. He will reveal truth to you. Which brings me to point number four. Jesus reveals truth. Skipping down to John 4, 25 to 26, the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Wow. Through this encounter, the woman encounters Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The Hebrew word means the anointed one, the King of Israel, the one who was promised to bring, deliver, to bring deliverance to the people of Israel. See, this wasn't popular, popular knowledge. At this time, people didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah yet. But this woman receives extraordinary revelation because of an encounter with Jesus. What does this mean for you and I today? Jesus will show who He is to you. You may have known about God in a certain way. You may have heard about Him or you may know something about Him. You may have come to church for a while. But today, my friend, He wants to meet you. He wants to show you who He is. He wants to reveal His heart for you, His heart of love, His heart that brings restoration, His heart that brings transformation. Jesus reveals truth. 
we also see Jesus reveals truth about the Samaritan woman in verse 16 to 19. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. We see Jesus bring up something to the woman that wasn't in line with the abundant life he had for her. She had been through at least five relationships. She was searching for something. Perhaps she was searching for real love. Perhaps she was searching for desire to commit, but had yet found, was yet to find it. Something was missing and she was still on the search. Jesus brought the truth up with her, but it was not to judge her. His heart was to bring her a place where she found what she was looking for, where she found what she was missing, where she found what she was searching for. My friends, Jesus may bring up some truths with you and I, but it's not to judge you. It's not to make you feel awful about yourself, but it's so you can experience His restoration. It's so you can experience His love that knows no bounds. It's so you can experience His unconditional love, His grace that is for you, undeserved, unmerited, but freely given to each and every one of us. It's so you can experience His truth for life and His breakthrough. My friends, it's so you can know clarity rather than confusion. It's so you can know freedom rather than guilt or heaviness. It's so you can know peace rather than anxiety or stress. Romans 8, chapter 1, verse 2 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. As we heard about communion this, in communion this morning, has set you free from the law of sin and death. You know, at the end of the Samaritan's woman's story, we see she's restored. She experiences restoration. In John chapter 4, verse 28 to 29, the woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So we see firstly, the woman had such a revelation of who God was. The God of the universe, the Savior of the world, reached out to her in love. She had found truth. She had found the one she was looking for, the truth that ended her search. But secondly, the same woman who may have been avoiding people, who may have been an outcast or rejected, was telling other people about Jesus. She goes out and tells everyone, come and see the man who told me everything. She runs to meet the people. She brings truth to others. And as a result, we see in verse 39 that many other Samaritans believed in Jesus because of what the woman had said. My friends, this is the power of an encounter with Jesus. This is the power of meeting with Jesus, of Him encountering you. Restoration for you. Restorations for others. The truth of His Word coming into your life. A new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, this means, that anyone who, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Romans 3.22, we are made right by, with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Through Jesus, you and I can be new people. 
And look, the reality is there may still be work that needs to be done in our lives. You know, like that EHS video says, there's hurt, there's trauma, there's pain from our past that may require a journey of restoration. So it's not like a magic one fix all, you know, everything is sorted. But my encouragement to you, my friend, is God is with you every step of the way. He will encourage you. He will strengthen you. Holy Spirit will guide you. He will advocate for you, encourage you. He will bring people alongside you on your path to build you up, to encourage you. So as I wrap up this morning, I would love to invite my good friend, Pastor Azi, to share about her life-changing encounter with God. To share about, like the Samaritan woman, how God met her and brought truth to her life and the outcome of that that we see today. Good morning, church. I just wanted to share a little bit about my journey, what church looked like for me. You know, when I first started coming, church was a tick-the-box requirement. Um, I lived with a lot of people who attended church, so I pretty much just tagged along. And, you know, I had conditions. So when I came, I would sit in the car park and wait for praise and worship to start because I didn't want to talk to anybody. So I waited. And then when I would leave, there was nothing faster than me. I tell you, Speedy Gonzalez and the flesh had nothing on me when it came to leaving. And I would leave before the service ended, so that would obviously definitely help. But, you know, it was all in the hopes of trying to avoid those awkward conversations with all the friendly people who just wanted to connect with me. And, you know, there was this particularly lovely person and she would make a beeline for me and I would see her and we made eye contact with her and I, I couldn't get out of it. And it, was, it wasn't wanted and it wasn't easy, but she, she just knew. She knew. And, you know, so if you haven't gathered already, I wasn't the type of person who wanted to have these conversations. You know, I didn't, it wasn't something I enjoyed. I, I, I didn't want it. I'm like, please, please don't talk to me. I don't want to engage with you. There's, I'm, I'm just here because I tagged along in the car. And there was one particular Sunday and the service had ended and for some unknown reason, I was in the middle of an awkward conversation with people. <laughs> I hadn't left and I got an invitation for coffee. And to this day, I still can't tell you why. I, can, I still can't tell you why I said yes, but I did. And it may not seem very significant, but saying yes for that coffee was such a significant yes in my life. You know, I had always tried to tick that box of just attending church and it, it got me to the building, but that was all it got me. It never got me an encounter. It never got me any healing. And I used all my defences, the staying in the car park, waiting to come in, the leaving early, because there was some past experiences that stopped me from connecting with people. I didn't want it. And so the conversations over coffee, they just, they blew my mind. Like I literally thought that someone must have given the inside goods about my life because what I didn't know is I was actually sitting in that, in, that, in that place having coffee, but I was actually encountering Jesus. The conversations were conversations I'd, of things of my past. And I was like, what's happening right now? And, you know, I, it was just 
a moment where Jesus encountered me. All those times I came here and I ticked that box was nothing on this time of going for a coffee. And, you know, that invitation paired with my yes was the beginning of pursuing God for myself. It was the beginning of discovering who God had called me to be. It was the beginning of health. It was the beginning of healing and being able to let my guard down to have conversations with people. And now, oh, gee, I love them. I'm always having conversations with people. But it was the simple invitation for coffee that was a key moment that changed my life. And I I didn't know it then, but I look back at it now and I can pinpoint where my journey began of pursuing God and everything that He had for me. It was that encounter with Him. And that's the power, church, of the encounter with Jesus. So I just wanted to bless you with that testimony this morning. Thank you. Money. What an amazing testimony of the power of an encounter with Jesus. Like the Samaritan woman, like Pastor Azzi shared, like my experience. My friends, Jesus wants to encounter you today. His heart of love lovingly pursues you. He has something more for you. You can come to Him with your questions. He will reveal truth. Come as you are, my friend. Come and meet him. See, the initial encounter that you can have with Jesus is the encounter of salvation. The encounter of asking Jesus to come into your life and be Lord of your life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So today I would love to extend an invitation to you to declare Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart to start walking this journey with Him. If you've never done this before, or perhaps you have before, and you know you've been away from God, or something's stirring in your spirit this morning, maybe you've said that prayer before. But you know, this is the line, the sad moment where you're saying, I want to live for you. See, some of the most powerful encounters I had, like I shared, when I recommitted my life to God. Those lying in the sand moments. So if you've, never done, if you've never said that prayer before, or you want to say it again as a recommitment, we as the church would love to join you in a prayer of saying exactly that. So can I ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads? And if you'd like to be included in this prayer, so I can know that I'm including you in this prayer, can I ask you to be bold and raise your hand up? I'm not going to single you out. I'm not here to embarrass you. But I want to know that you are starting this journey, whether it's a recommitment or as a first decision. So if you'd like to be included in this prayer, if you can raise your hand up, you can put it up. As soon as I've seen it, you can put it down. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see those hands. God is the faithful God. He is a good God and He is here to encounter you. So church, would you join me in this prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And I thank you because of that. I am saved. Come and be Lord of my life. I want to follow you. 
I want to know you and I want to have encounters with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, if you've made that decision for the first time or if you've prayed it as a moment of recommitment, what an amazing decision you've made. Best decision ever. You know, if you, if you don't have a Bible, if you've said that prayer and you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. One of our hosts will give you a Bible after the service if you'd like to see one of them. Inside that Bible, you will find our first step leaflet. You know, this leaflet here has some amazing information about what decision you've made is all about and what your next steps are. If you already have a Bible, that's okay. And you've made that, said that prayer, come and grab one of these as well. Again, it tells you your next steps about what this journey of following Jesus is all about. If you're watching online, you can go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps and there you'll find that same information.